Welcome to Liberal Lockdown, Working Liberal Democrats podcast about the challenges and changes in working during the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Adam, and along with my co-host Louise, I'm shining a light on education during these strange times. Thank you to those of you who listened and contributed to our last podcast about how the coronavirus pandemic has affected parents and schools. In this related episode, we have a guest interview. Our guest on today's show completed his teacher training at Cambridge in 2002 and since then has gained extensive experience as a senior teacher, head teacher and school governor in state secondary schools in London and the South East. He joined the Liberal Democrats in 2007 and has served as a councillor on Moking Borough Council for most of the last 10 years. He has served as deputy leader of the Liberal Democrats and chair of the Overview and Scrutiny Committee and is currently the Shadow Executive Member for Housing and Development, where he has, and continues to, campaign vigorously for more affordable and appropriate housing across the borough. Welcome to the Lib Dem lockdown, Liam Lyons. Thank you. So Liam, what impact has the coronavirus pandemic had on schools? Uh, I think one of the most difficult aspects of all of this is that it, it has uh, hit different schools and indeed different students within uh, those schools in, in many different ways. Uh, some schools have been really quite prepared for uh, this without realising it by having lots of content online and, and lots of supporting material so that students can revise for exams for, from home uh, so students can uh, uh, still continue to work and not miss out too much if, if they're off school due to illness or, or other reasons. Um, but some schools have really had to catch up quite quickly in that regard. Um, it's also very difficult depending on the demographic of the students in, in the school. Uh, some some 15% of the most deprived uh, students uh, have no access at all uh, through any device to, to the internet, so it's, it's very difficult for them to access uh, the material that schools are working hard to put online. Um, more students, again, while they have access to the internet, it might well be through a shared device that they have to share with mummy or daddy who is using it to work from home, big brother who, who also has to use it for his exams, etc. So uh, access to the internet could well be limited. The government agreed in principle that children who are struggling to have technology in their home would be provided with laptops. Have, have we seen much evidence of this in place? Um, I don't have figures for those, but I think it's, it's, it's probably something that, that uh, has not filtered down to many schools at this stage it, 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 it sounds like a good idea on paper but um, hasn't quite happened in reality in a lot of places. What impact has all this had on students education? I think there's there's going to be a cohort that has had a gap uh, and this gap will follow them throughout their career. Um, year 11s I think are, are probably the, the, the worst hit, year 11s and year 13s are probably the worst hit because they worked incredibly hard for their exams only to have them uh, wiped and uh, although there is a mechanism for teachers to enter a grade for the the uh, work that they've been doing uh, it, it remains to be seen on results day how that's actually going to pan out I think there's going to be lots of disappointed students the message I always give uh, prior to mock exams is uh, this is a chance for you to take a risk this is a chance for you to um, try out uh, a revision technique, try out an exam technique. This is your chance to make a mistake without the fear of it uh, affecting your future. So clearly that message in hindsight was wrong because the, the 
work that students are doing for their mocks is affecting their future. So if, if they hadn't quite got the timing for exams right and were, were not finishing large questions, if they, if they misunderstood the structure of a paper or just hadn't had the experience of writing for an hour and a half to two hours uh, without a break in a hall with nobody being able to, to help them. I remember when I was that age and the mocks were a bit of a wake up call for me. I remember pulling my socks up a bit more um, and revising for the real thing. So anybody in that situation wouldn't have the time to fill that gap. I think we can mitigate mitigate against that to some extent because we can um, apply a factor onto the grades that mean that that, that we can uh, bring a whole cohort up to where they would have been otherwise. But I think it's that's that's okay for a cohort. But you're going to leave individuals behind who dramatically underachieved because they misunderstood the timings or they misunderstood what it was the question was asking them to do and while we prepare students as best we can for mock exams the whole point of the mock exams is to give them that experience that they need when they do it for real. What have schools been doing to support students during this difficult time? Well a lot of content is online and I think a lot of schools uh, have done a fantastic job. I think schools in Surrey are are, are, uh, probably at the top end of that in terms of their, their ability uh, to, to support students throughout all of this. Uh, it's, it's also a myth that schools have been closed throughout this period. Uh, the vast majority of schools have been open um, and, and have been supporting the most vulnerable students, the students for whom we need to keep in close contact for reasons that are not necessarily to do with education because they're in, in, in vulnerable situations. Schools have also been open to support uh, students of key workers, as indeed the Prime Minister directed them to do. Um, so, so a lot has been going on behind the scenes. Uh, and, and while the majority of students are, are at home, it's, it's, it's not true or fair to say that, that schools have been closed throughout that time. Uh, schools are, are beginning to, uh, some schools anyway, are beginning to bring students back. Year 10 students have, have been back for a few weeks now, but not full time by any stretch. I'm aware that other schools are, are doing a sort of um, a, a, a timetabled uh, recovery throughout the week so that one year group gets uh, a day a week in. Now, clearly, that's really good from a safeguarding point of view. We want to be able to check that, that students are safe, that they're well, look after their well-being, etc. And, and to some extent, we can have conversations about the work they've been doing throughout that. Uh, but it's it's by no means a substitute for... Uh, the full-time education that students have been receiving until the pandemic hit. Should schools be going back now or is it too soon? That's a really important question and, and it's one that there's no straight answer to. I think um, I think it's really important that schools have the freedom to make their own decisions based on their individual situations and the resources that they have available to them. In In some situations schools have only been minimally affected by staff needing to self-isolate throughout all of this and, and they, they, the facilities that they have and the size of their classrooms that mean that, that uh, social distancing within the buildings is, is not as challenging as it is in some schools. And then in other schools, you've got situations where uh, staff are self-isolating and for their own uh, varied reasons um, are, are, are not able to come in they, they may be vulnerable themselves they may live with somebody who's in a vulnerable situation and, and, and therefore aren't, aren't, aren't able to take the risk of of uh, catching the virus and, and passing it on to them so I think um, having a blanket one size fits all is is, is probably not going to work but head teachers are by and large uh, really conscientious professionals and 
I think the government could do a lot worse than just trust them to make their own individual situations, their own individual decisions that suit their, their own situations. Yeah, I noticed on the news the other day they were flagging up they were going to be fining parents who have chosen not to send their children to school in September. Seems a bit heavy handed to me. What do you think? It, it does seem like a sledgehammer to crack a nut, really. I think uh, we, we have to write off the absence figures for, for this year, this academic year. Uh, I think it's too early to say what's reasonable in September or not. I certainly respect a parent's view that, that it's not safe to send their child in. Um, parents generally know what's what's best for their children in terms of their well-being. And, and, and it could be that um, for the same reasons that I've talked about in terms of staff, that, uh, that there's a reason why it would be more difficult for a particular child to attend school. Uh, I think it's important that schools work with the parents as they they generally do and, uh, and, and, and reach a solution that's satisfactory. I think uh, e even when we're not uh, facing a pandemic, uh, I, I think fines are only ever used by schools in, in a last resort situation, usually in exasperation when the school has been unable to work with a parent. So I think in terms of a news bite, it's, it's, it's not something that's very relevant. And I, I, I doubt and I hope we won't see uh, fines being applied in, in lots of cases just because a parent has a concern about the safety of the student in school. What do you think the next year will look like for secondary schools in Surrey? Very different. I think the priority is going to be to uh, help students who have fallen behind during this time to catch up. Now, it's, it's, it's one thing when a whole cohort has fallen behind at, at the same stage, but uh, you're going to have some students who have fallen behind much more than others, and, and that gap uh, is, is going to be very, very wide. Um, I, one, one thing I'm very proud about, the, the Lib Dem national government achieving when they were in coalition with, with the Conservatives, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of everything they, they, they did by any stretch, uh, but they introduced the pupil premium, which uh, was funding that helped to uh, support the most vulnerable students in schools, students from, from um, deprived, students from deprived backgrounds, as, as, as defined by a number of different factors. And it has had a real impact on, on closing the gap between uh, those students and, and uh, the rest of the cohort. So I think the government need to think about some sort of emergency measure to see this this current cohort through the next academic year because the gap is going to be wider than we have ever seen before about i think um a third of students nationally uh were are able to access resources online i'm getting this from the sutton trust by the way uh, and, and that jumps a little bit higher when you when you uh, look at independent schools. I think it jumps to one in, in, in two when you when you look at independent schools. Uh, parents from uh, a combined income of more than a hundred thousand pounds have spent uh, at least a hundred pounds on their students' education during lockdown. Again, this is from the Sutton Trust. Uh, so I think um, uh, there there is going to be a, a big gap between those who have been lucky enough to have been supported by parents that are able to support it's not a judgment against parents some some parents in a position to support others aren't uh between uh, students who have had access to the resources at home and students who have had a suitable environment in which to work at home and indeed um from from schools who who are more or less catered to to deal with with a, a sudden unexpected closure like this if you had one message for the government with regards to schools what would it be I think 
the, the, the main message is you need to trust head teachers to do what's best for the students in their school. I've never met a head teacher that, that, that wouldn't do that anyway. So I think introducing national one size fits all measures is, is um, going to probably cause more harm than it's intended. And uh, I think um, longer term, or not very longer term, I think in, in, in the medium term, we need to look at some funding uh, that, that lasts perhaps only a year, but it needs to be substantial to, to uh, allow schools to uh, put measures in place to help those who might have fallen behind during the lockdown to catch up. Well, thank you very much for your time, Liam. It's been great to hear your perspective on schools in Woking and good luck for the rest of the year in September. That was Liam Lyons, Liberal Democrat councillor for Mount Hermon, giving us a valuable insider's view on the challenges facing staff and pupils. Thank you, Liam, for your insightful contribution to the Liberal lockdown. And thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like to comment on the show or get more involved, don't hesitate to get in touch with us via the links in the show notes. Coming soon, an insider's look at how Woking's businesses are facing the challenges of the pandemic. We have some more great interviews lined up for you.